Dracula. I need to sort the lighting on this rig out because I've I've not got my ring light set up yet. I've still still got so much shit to sort out. But all mm. I've got is this blaring natural light. Trying to balance it out with the screen that I've got here with a big white screen, so I got yeah, yeah. I mean, I've just got the window as well. There's no extra lighting going on in here. Yeah, but the benefit we had of doing when we used to record this in not used to whenever we would record this in the evening is that your 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 window, as in your uh, Discord window, uh-huh. sort of went with the theme because it, it got darker. darker. <laughs> It got nice and dark and dark and dark until yeah, there was literally like just head. Just, yeah, just my glowing yeah. face. Like, uh, I'm not a fan of, I've never been a fan of Red Dwarf, so you can leave now if you want, if you're really annoyed with me. But there isn't there a floating head in, in like yeah, the black abyss? Um, yeah, I'm looking like Holly on the, the computer screen. Yeah, I was going to say Pazuzu from Exorcist, but <laughs> Holly from Red Dwarf, we'll go with that. I could so Photoshop Pazuzu's face every now and then, just flash it. Just <laughs> I am Pazuzu. That is another. Yeah, that's another series that. Although the thing with the extra series, you can do one, skip two, and go to three. Mm-hmm. Two's rubbish. Yeah. Did you ever watch the series? No, that we got cancelled. Mm. No, I watched a little bit. It was meant to be great, meant to be fantastic. Was, I saw a couple of episodes. It was good what I saw, but I never, I didn't stick with all of it that's out there. So I've not seen it all in its entirety. I mean, don't worry, don't worry. We've got David Gordon Green's trilogy coming out soon. Mm. If it's anything like his Halloween trilogy, we're in for a treat. Mm. When well, Jordan Peele's doing Friday the Thirteenth, no. That wasn't that was that wasn't commit that wasn't um was that not real that, that wasn't real. Happening? Where ah, did you okay. see that? Because I saw it on a on a social media and I can't remember which one. I saw it on Twitter, I believe. So I think it was Twitter. But there is um also something else I saw on social media. There is a series coming of yeah. Call Crystal Lake. Yeah, prequel. Like what is, is that just gonna be We don't need it. Jason getting bullied for 90 minutes every week. Like, 
I mean, what what, what else? Unless they, <laughs> they they take it in their own way, a new way. But what else is there to tell? You've had uh, twelve just... films and a sprinkling of his history told yeah. throughout those films, and even a filmed backstory of him in Freddy vs. Mm-hmm. Jason. Like, mm-hmm. it's a very simple story. Yeah, it doesn't need it doesn't need a teen drama, which inevitably it'll be another Bates Motel type of thing. I generally think it's because the licensing for Friday the 13th has been so up in the air for so long. It's been fought for for so long. They're like, it's kind of like the, yeah, the Alien and Terminator franchises where they, we have to do something with it. We've got to, yeah, otherwise we'll lose the yeah. property. Yeah. So they're finally Possibly. doing something with it. But I, I don't know. Um, It is a series that's not needed. But I mean, I'll take a look at it. Yeah, but take a gander. I'm not, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not holding my breath. That it's going to be any good. No, but um, damn it, I couldn't even think of a segue to get into. <laughs> but Does that you, mean you're recording, Tom? No, but you know what is good? I don't know. Um, horror films, and that's Dracula. what we're <laughs> Dracula. Vampires, <Ooh>, spooky, <laughs> and that's what we're here today to talk about on this lovely. 20 to 24 degrees summer's day inside ears are starting to become sweaty already with the headphones on uh pc <laughs> is acting like a radiator by my legs and we're here to talk nice. about horror films for an hour or two yeah. so yes welcome back to the dreadcast one and all episode 43 three i, I think it's three yeah we'll go with that why not episode, <laughs> episode 43 <laughs> myself tom and the wonderful aiden hello and uh, hello there he is there he is and um today's episode is a special one because it's the first of a brand new series on the show yeah a brand new series i'm very excited to get into series i'm very excited because i realized there are eight films in this series that we're going to be doing and it's that's two months worth yeah it's very exciting it is can you not tell how excited we are (laughs) I was trying to. I was talking to somebody about it the other day, and I was trying to. I was trying to remember which there was like, oh, being Tom, but we decided to do it because we've both got this box set, the Universal Monsters. We figured, oh, it'd be good to do the classic. Yeah, we'll have a look at them. And there's eight films, so that's like you know eight episodes. And then I could only remember four films when I was trying to. <laughs> They're like, oh, which ones is it? It's like, uh, Dracula. Uh, the I'll Mummy. be honest. Uh, there's one film on this list when I was looking at the uh, doing the artwork for future episodes. I had no idea fell into the category, and that was Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of the Opera, yeah, yeah. I had no idea that was an original Universal I was, Monster. I was convinced um, there was Jekyll and Hyde as well. Yes, you're right. You're right. I thought that. I mean, maybe. So, yes, the origin story of this episode, folks, uh, for the video, well, for the audio listeners, I'm holding up the Blu ray box set of Monsters of the Universal Essential Collection. It's an eight-film collection of all the original Universal Monster films. So we're going from Dracula, Frankenstein, The Mummy, Invisible Man, Bride of Frankenstein, Wolfman, Phantom of the Opera, and Creature from the Black Lagoon, who, as I corrected myself last time, was Ted White. So suck it, everyone else. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes, I owe you an apology for that as well. It's fine. I'm not going to make a big deal about it. It's fine. (laughs) But, you know, it was Ted Wright. I was right. I was right. Yeah. Um, What I think is these are the originals. Obviously, 
so many more were made. So many more were made after. I would say Jekyll and Hyde then probably came. Haven't done the yeah. research on it. I'm just going to assume. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there is. I mean, again, it, maybe of that era, um, it may not necessarily. Oh, I mean, no, there is a 30, there is a 1931 Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Um, uh, okay, maybe it wasn't. It was under- Paramount, uh, Paramount, and Warner Brothers. So um, of the era, but not Universal. A couple of things just before we do get into today's episode. We got a couple of things. I got a couple of things to note. Couple of uh, addendums just to get in, into. Um, do you know? So you mentioned on the Twitter, which is below our names right there. Do go follow us and go follow the account, the official podcast Twitter at the Dreadcast. Uh, you mentioned the other day that it's just been an absolute coincidence that it was Dracula Day. Yes, National Dracula Day, right? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, World Dracula Day. It was. It's basically the anniversary of the publication of the original Bram Stoker novel. Do you know what we are? I think five days off of another anniversary relating to. Oh, really? Relating to this, the Universal Monsters. Oh, really? We oh. are on the. We have just passed the sixth anniversary of. I'm going to send you the image, and you'll instantly know what I'm on about. I hope the sixth anniversary of this mess this is this is very interesting for the audio listeners do you know what you're looking at there oh yes I oh yes out. yeah the uh, attempted <sighs> reboot expanded universe monster marvel and uh, marvel marvel inspired <laughs> multiverse of universal monsters which they they canned after one film is that right it's just they did the mummy with uh tom hanks tom hanks tom, hanks. tom cruise <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that. I would have watched that. <laughs> reboot it. Reboot the reboot. Bring Tom start Hanks it again. In. Let's start. Let's go again. Reset the clock. Let's go. So with Tom Cruise, they did the yeah the Tom Cruise moment, and I think that was the end of the project. Am I right in in that? Yep, you are so correct. Not heard anything else about it since. Yep, they canned it. So the infamous photo, folks, of uh, Russell Crowe, who was going to be Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, I believe. I think he was in the Mummy film. I never saw that tr- that piece of trash. I don't think I've no, I've not seen it. Either. Um, but I guess they will have done because they wanted to. That that, that was the plan was to build yeah. the universe, wasn't it? So I dare say there was cameos and nods to all of them. We had Tom Cruise, obviously uh, not as the Mummy, in the Mummy as the hero. Uh, Johnny Depp was going to be the Invisible Man, I believe. Um, we've got is it Javier Bardem? 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 Yeah. Um, he so. was. I can't. Bardem. Think maybe Frank let me, Frankenstein, and I'm not sure who the actress was. Um, let's have a look. But uh, yeah, it got canned after one film, and it's just it's one of those those photos that you look at, and they they had the balls to think we're gonna we're gonna do it. If they can do it, we can do it. And you didn't even I mean, get past one film. I mean, with the the cast that they had lined up. I'm surprised they didn't do it anyway, really. Yeah. I mean, it it might have failed as a, you know, Marvel-scale expanded universe, but I'm sure they would have... They could have just done some mo- more movies, you know, with, with those people, but 
I think the problem is it goes back to the what we talk about horror films when they're, when horror films have been promoted as the scariest film ever. You know, when they're they're being promoted in advance like that. You know, as the as the scariest film, they they promoted this in advance of like right we've got a universe this is go we're going we're going this is the dark universe rather than starting with the mummy then bringing out dr jekyll and mr hyde and the audience going hang on are these these are linked and then they can start to advertise it as this is going to be the universe they're putting all their balls in one in the court right now and it, it just didn't work um yeah johnny depp's invisible man all these about uh, Apparently, Dwayne Johnson as the Wolfman was abandoned. Of course, Dwayne Johnson was going to be in it. Of course, of he, course was. he was. Uh, Angelina Jolie as the bride. That could have worked. Um, Luke Evans in another Dracula Untold, which is, I believe, one of the worst Dracula films. Mm, um, yeah, it's not good at all. So, yeah, I just I thought that was quite a nice little coincidence alongside your National Dracula Day that we started this along the sixth anniversary of one of the biggest flops in modern cinema. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, dear. On a lighter note, uh, someone had some fun with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre technical test. I did. This yeah. guy. This guy. Yeah. Right it is very... And Well, you know, you're going to get to play it today. You really should. Next oh, time. I will. And the content will be up on the YouTube channel soon. Yeah, it was great. Absolutely loved it um so much so that we watched texas jason mask last <laughs> night as well um and it was kind of fun to see how the map of the sawyer house and farm compared to the film like i got to see just how good of a job they'd done because it was mm. it was nice in fact to the point where i was going oh well they're in the gate there in the game they've closed that bit off and stuff like that but yeah it's it's a lot of fun so it's one of these um asymmetrical multiplayers i think is get the, the genre the, right get the, the genre I think that's the genre term <laughs> that, so dead by daylight friday, the friday the 13th game yeah. um i mean there's a predator one as well oh my god um, there was yeah on the ps4 i think that that didn't do too well out of all of them no but i still kind of want to play it i do want to yeah. try and pick it up just for a just for a go with it um there are others evolve one of the xbox one's launch titles that yep. was also in that vein but yeah basically it works two two teams you've got one group playing as the survivors a team of four and then you've got three people i guess it's like up to three people and you can you don't necessarily have to have a full match but i think for the tech test they're filling it up um three people playing as the sawyer family mm. um so it's all at the minute it's all based on the original, the, the first movie. So you've got, um, for the Sawyer family players, Leatherface, obviously, the Cup, and the Hitchhiker. Yeah. Um, Grandpa is also in there. Yeah, he I acts, heard. <laughs> he acts as sort of, so it's a pretty interesting mechanic, actually. He acts as sort of a radar um, for the, the people playing as the as the Sawyers. Okay. So it, so if you've ever played the Friday the 13th game and you're playing as Jason, yeah. you get sort of powers as time goes on. Um, and the longer the match runs, like the more powerful Jason becomes. And one of his sort of top level powers is he essentially just knows where, you just know where everybody is on the map. You get okay. everybody okay. revealed to you. So Grandpa kind of works like that. You've got to physically feed him blood 
and there are various oh, sort of blood wow. buckets around on the map. You either collect blood from attacking other players, so slashing them up and you'll automatically collect blood from them, or there are blood like buckets around the map. You collect the blood, you feed Grandpa, you feed Grandpa enough, he levels up to the point where he will reveal to you as the Sawyers where other people are on the map. At lower levels, it's like he'll highlight one or give you a sort of rough idea of where noise is going off, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, basically, as the survivors, you, you're trying to escape. And as the Sawyers, you're trying to kill everybody, prevent them escaping. And there's lots of traps. Um, it's really, as the survivors, as you'd imagine, it's really heavily sort of stealth focused. You mm. can fight back, but it's not easy. Um, you're trying to limit the amount of noise you're making, avoid the traps unlock doors you start off in the basement and essentially you've got to wiggle free from the hook that you're tied to and uh, and that's that's what starts the match um everything you do ha is tied to sort of a noise meter so as you're searching for tools um opening doors um whatever else it is you might be doing there is like a little sort of noise meter running alongside your like progress bar yeah um so yeah you want to try and sort of Get things done as quickly as possible while while making as little noise as possible. And yeah, run. I had no success in either escaping or killing people. I was absolutely terrible at it. Uh, I <laughs> love I love that clip you posted on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. I did get to play as everybody, so it was um it was good from that respect. And all the survivors have different strengths and weaknesses. Some of them are a little bit faster at doing activities while remaining quiet some mm. of them are stronger so that it's easier for them to fight off attackers um everybody has sort of like different strengths and weaknesses and a special ability based on your they call them star sign abilities um so it's supposedly okay. based on your on your star or the character's star sign so and it'll be things like um like a detective mode hearing ability one character has another one has like a, a a focus that gives them a stamina boost so they can run for further faster um one of them has a sort of a strength boost thing um i think that allows them to like bust through doors and and such somebody's better at lock picking uh the three the sawyers leatherface is obviously the strongest yeah um yeah he's got the chainsaw so you you do more attack damage mm. um the cook has has he got a stick? Uh, he has got the stick. He has He's got, got the broken the broom handle. Amazing. Yeah. Um, that's his weapon. And his special ability, he's got like a hearing ability as well. The hitchhiker has his little his uh, cutthroat razor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he can lay traps so he can put down little sort of uh, bear trap type yeah. things. Um, and yeah, it's it's great fun. It's, it is great fun. I was I was terrible at it, um, but <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> a lot of fun. I believe, and I didn't play it. So the first the map I played was the 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 Sawyer Farm, the Sawyer Farmhouse. Um, it's got a really big sort of basement mm. subterranean labyrinth um, section where you start out, and then the the first sort of step. It there is an escape route that leads straight from the basement off the map, and you can escape straight out of the basement. But you have to venture up into the house and activate a fuse box to then go back down so it's a little bit more involved so you can escape the basement get into the house itself and then once you get out of the house you can get into the garden uh, or into the, the the outside areas um 
And again, there's like generators you've got to power up to open a gate or switch generators off yeah. to deactivate electric fences, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and try and make your escape. So it's not oh, straightforward. They did close. They did close the technical test. Um, I think it was around 1 p.m. UK time yesterday for a couple of hours. When they booted it back up again, there was a second map available. Oh, cool! Um, to play, that was a slaughterhouse. Oh, but. Mm. Unfortunately, I didn't play it, so I, mm. I can't comment. People from what I saw on social media were liked it, they enjoyed it, they thought it was good, uh, but I don't know exactly sort of where it fits into the lore, whether it's supposed to be a particular slaughterhouse from one of the movies or it's well, just I mean, a there, generic there, one. But... There is no slaughterhouse, obviously, in the first one, but they reference it about how that's where their dad yeah. used to work or, or granddad mm-hmm. used to work. So they probably went via that. Um yeah. And I don't maybe reference it from the the remake because the remake ends in the slaughterhouse. It Um, does, yeah, yeah, yeah. And same with the basement. There's there's more of a basement underground sort of area in in the remake. Yeah, which I thought so. I mean, I'm assuming, obviously, it launches fully... Is it around the 25th of August or something like that? 18th of August. It's the 18th of August. Yeah. Um, And I'm assuming they're going to go and add... a. They've got the license to do the whole franchise and the so. characters, maps, and locations and stuff from from all of it. Um, I mean, I guess they'll have to because otherwise there just won't be much longevity to the game as fun as it was. Yeah, there's more creativity to like this franchise than say the Friday the Friday the Thirteenth. You could do different Jasons, but the yeah, protagonists are really yeah. just just. There's not much dis- to distinguish the different protagonists really. In each Texas Chainsaw, you, no. you get new villains along with Leatherface, mm-hmm. but you also, uh, I guess, with protagonists. I mean, <laughs> Renee Zellweger stands out the most to me in Next Generation, going to her prom. But, God, you have add Matthew McConaughey in that. Oh, yeah. I mean, there is, obviously, you've got, on the on the antagonist side, you've got the Hitcher, the Cook, and, um, yeah. and Leatherface. On the survivor side, they're all new characters. Oh, so really? The, yeah, there is a there's a loose story tied in, and there's an opening little opening oh. cinematic that shows this girl being meat hooked and killed by Leatherface, and she's still there on the map, hanging from this hook. And you're her friends that have gone looking for her. She's a missing Texas U student or something, and you're her friends that have gone looking for her. Then so you're not playing as Sally mm. and and the rest. It could be, uh, I mean, I, this could just be a story, but this mm-hmm. could maybe fall in line as a, a prequel because obviously the hitchhiker dies very much so in mm-hmm. <laughs> in um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so it can't be anything after. So, and obviously they've they've definitely had victims and Before, done their yeah, business sure. beforehand. So oh, that's cool. I mean, I would have liked it if it was the film characters because imagine mm-hmm. playing. You've got if you want to really distinguish between different protagonists sally and franklin are very different are going to be very different yeah. playable characters franklin trying to wheel, i mean just mashing getting, the button <laughs> getting out of that bed that basement is not wheelchair accessible <laughs> let me just say that so i think you're gonna man you franklin has a bad time in the movie so it'll be a, a sally. movie accurate sally i hear something sally <laughs> oh man i'm stoked i'm really stoked to try and play i mean it was cool it was he, yeah I will do my best today, as we're recording today on Sunday, I'm going to do my best to get some content of it and up on the YouTube channel this week. But if I don't, 
unfortunately we'll just have to wait to august when it's out fully and we have all the time in the world but that's not long it's a couple months away so. it's not long it's not and, long i mean there are a bunch of people streaming it and you can check yeah. out my twitch channel twitch.tv forward slash eight and a half troll the uh the short vod of my relatively unsuccessful play through yesterday is on there so you know feel free to check it out if you do want to see some footage i'll put um, um i'll put some of your clips up on the youtube channel as well yeah sure if you want. so uh yeah, do go check it out. Go check out his uh, stream. Cool. I'm looking forward to that. Um, what was my note? That. Dark Universe. Anything else of note? Are we got we to we gotta, we gotta tick off anything before we get into the meat and potatoes? Not that I'm aware of, no. I think we're uh, right. certainly the, the big things covered there. Do it. Dr. Acula. Dr. Acula. What is a count? Uh it's a it's a level of nobility, isn't it? Um I always want, like I a lord or a duke. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure where it fits into the I think it's European. So I think yes. it's like sort of and it probably again, European, that massive continent with lots and lots of different countries in it. Yeah, I miss that. Um but I mean, it's. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it's a rank of nobility within British. No, I don't think we do have uh, no nobility. But various European countries do have counts. I don't know where exactly where it falls in the hierarchy, but yeah, it's it's a title like Duke, Lord, mm. Knight, Sir, etc., etc. Say what we got. A, we've got a couple of counts in our. Uh... Royal family, but we won't go into that. Ayo! <laughs> hey, we're uh, satirical. We're satirical and topical, as well as informative and entertaining. We've got a we've got a bunch of lizard counts in our uh, <laughs> our royal family. Yeah, I just that was that was literally my first note when I when I'm watching this film when I'm taking notes because I never really yes he's called Count Dracula. Mm-hmm. I've never really actually sat down re- i thought to myself i don't know what the hell a count is how this character is in some sort of like nobility and owns this castle and whatnot is in such upper class like i don't know what ranking a count is it looks like th- to me aiden is looking it up though so we'll i probably am find it out because I, I couldn't tell you myself either um oh okay the uh, the dictionary definition is oh. foreign nobleman. <laughs> foreign. <laughs> so I'm guessing this is the Eng- Oxford English dictionary's <laughs> definition of foreign, a Johnny foreigner. Yeah, a foreign nobleman whose rank corresponds to that of an earl. Ah, wasn't I earl. mean I couldn't I couldn't <laughs> tell you what an earl <laughs> either. Um, but. Folks, that if you know sense. what an earl or count is, please do write in the comments. I will definitely pay attention and read it, and um, <laughs> I'll be I'll be happy. I'll be happy as Larry. Um, I mean, the earl comes from the Norse word "jarl," meaning leader. What's uh, a jarl? What's a jarl with you? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, there are lots. There are lots of resources, but we're not really getting into the ranks of peerage no. at the minute. <laughs> But yeah, nobility of a certain level. Okay. 
So this. I mean, enough to have a castle. One hell of a castle as well, which needs a clean. <laughs> needs a clean. Castle. Needs a clean at castle. So yes, as I said at the beginning of this episode, we we both had this this box set. Although yours is a bit more jazzier than mine. Yours is the coffin. Mine's box got set. a coffin box. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we won't get into. Who's better than who, but whatever. Um, <laughs> My cardboard think... <laughs> box is better than your cardboard box. Yeah, mine's getting a bit rough around the edges. Um, do you have the artwork as well? Yes. Yeah. I want to get these framed. They're really nice. Yeah, that's we had that discussion this morning we, as well. Yeah. But we, I think I saw you post this on maybe Instagram or Twitter a long time ago. And I think we just, over time, floated the idea of, we've both got it. Why don't we look into it? And it... It's worked out that you know what we could do a whole series on this. It they they we can it, rather than doing it episode by episode episode, we we sprinkle it in once a month, mm-hmm. every now and then, and you get a taster of the monsters universal. And they, I guess they are the original big time mo- Hollywood horror, shall we say? That's yeah, like yeah. Because of Universal, yeah, obviously had silent movies, but these were the big hitters. They really were. I mean, yeah, and they come, you know, they come from, well, certainly Dracula and Frankenstein are coming mm. from lit- literary sources. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the, fan- the Phantom of the Opera as well. Was the Phantom of the Opera based on, it's an old oh. play or a novel or something, isn't it, I think? One thing I do want to say with this particular episode of our series is that my knowledge and research will get better regarding the monsters of Universal and Universal as a whole throughout this series because I haven't had as much time this week to do as yeah. much research as I'd like. So bear with us through this series and we won't just be going, it, it's that, isn't it? it? Isn't it? They were kind of <laughs> like that, weren't they? It says it there. Like... Speak for yourself, Tom. <laughs> right, you fine. You've said it now. Aiden, Aiden knows what's up. Okay. I'm going to wing it. I'm going to continue to wing it. We've made it this far. Why not? No, we will. Um, We will try and get better. But yeah, um, I mean, like I say, as it springs to mind, uh, Dracula and um, Frankenstein Mm. are the the ones with the the literary backing. Um, I mean, the Bride of Frankenstein, that must be like one of the early examples of let's, let's churn out another sequel to this. Because I don't remember Mary Shelley writing Frankenstein 2, Bride of... Electric Boogaloo. (laughs) That would work, actually, Um, the electric part. It it would. Um, I mean, the Wolfman, while doesn't have any sort of definitive literary source, is an old creature of, like, folk Mm. legend. Um, Although The Invisible Man's a novel as well, I believe. I'm pretty I'm def- sure. I'm definitely not just reading the book that came with the Blu-ray yes, box set right quickly. now. I'm not just. <laughs> <laughs> but well, they are. But by by and large, they are the old monsters, the yes. OGs. Yeah. Um. And yeah, you know, if somebody says sort of monster movie, that the classic Halloween costumes you had as a kid, and mm. yeah, and this is what they're thing. based on. Yeah. Wait, when the um, word monster, like. Now, nowadays, when you say the word monster, you think, like, I know, big gargantuan tentacle, uh, many eyes sort of thing. You you never think the word monster refers to, I mean, for for, for the most part, all these things, all these characters are are human based. 
Mm-hmm. One's a, a old, a thousand year old human or whatever that's been near the mummy that's been dug up. One is sucks the blood, but they're not what we think of monsters. Oh, yeah, it's, it's not. Well, but with the exception of maybe the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. They're not tentacles and suckers and yeah, you know, multi multi limbs. Yeah, or giant creatures like Godzilla or King Kong or Mothra. When is Godzilla um, week? I have much to say. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do some Godzilla mm. at some point, definitely. Um, so yeah, they are the original ones, um, and probably the most iconic one. I mean, particularly Dracula. Uh, yeah. Has there been? It'd be interesting to to find out if or see if we can find out definitively. But I'd argue, like off the top of my head, Dracula's probably had more iterations on film and in other media that's so, a good show vamp- at least vampires if mm. not specifically dracula i think that that's probably the most prevalent yeah. and most prolific that's a good shout actually that's a good mm. that's a that's a note worth taking to find out for the next time we come back yeah. to because i'd be really interested we'll, to find out we'll do some not just dracula research there all of them i'd be interested to find out all of them how many i mean produce a graph yeah, uh, oh, a big, a nice graph. Let's, nice let's do graph. a graph. Yes. I wouldn't say like... <laughs> oh, that's what the viewers come for. No, that's what you want. <laughs> Admin. Um, I wouldn't say let's look into... You can want to look into like TV adaptations or what, comics or just feature films. If we films. just went specifically yeah. feature films, yeah. Yeah, I, I think you could be right with Dracula, but I think also, yeah, it's, it's in many different iterations the name dracula's there but very different iterations of it yeah. because i i also and one of the other first notes i note down regarding this film that nosferatu is mentioned at the beginning of this film i yeah. always believed not because nosferatu came out before dracula i believe 1920 in the 1920s yeah it's 20, um 22 or something like that I think. yeah i always thought dracula the character was a different completely different entity to what nosferatu is from what they describe in the film they're describing dracula as nosferatu yeah i think it's i think it's the etymology of the word because i mean because nosfer in nosferatu the vampire is called count orlock he's mm. nosferatu is not his name um i think nosferatu is um I think it's a German or Romanian, Eastern European mm, mm. word that means vampire. Essentially, I think yeah, that it is it is a an archaic word for vampire. Mm. Um, so yeah, but has sort of become synonymous with that particular vampire in that film. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a noun. It's a naming word rather yeah. than an actual name. Um, so yeah, Dracula is an Nosferatu. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 the original look of Nosferatu to me is, I mean, Bela Lugosi's look in this, this Dracula, 1931 Dracula that we're talking about today, is the iconic Dracula, quote unquote, or vampire as a whole look. Yeah. But Nosferatu is, uh, to me, more of a, 
a monstrous, more of a monster. horrific yeah, look. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's meant to be, he's meant to be. I mean, I suppose, um, I suppose Dracula, and you know, obviously we're we're talking about the Bella Lugosi film, so we'll we'll mention him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess in the context of of that story and of Bram Stoker's story, he's trying to not, he's trying to fit in, he's trying to be, go under the radar, um, mm. undetected. So he keeps this, you know, distinguished gentlemanly appearance. Yeah. Um, but there is a reference in the. I think it's Mina talks about when her friend Lucy reappears to her. She reappears. She appears as a, or as she transforms into a, a ravening uh, wolf or takes. Yeah, on the she becomes the woman in white. I think they describe mm. her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, and we've seen it in other later adaptations of Dracula. Um, where he can appear monstrous mm. as a giant like werewolf type creature or a bat like creature or even um i mean the different like thinking of the uh the 90s version with Keanu Reeves and Gary Oldman i Love mean how dracula appears film. in his own castle versus how he appears when he's when he arrives in england and he's yeah. you know the two radically different looks he goes from the big sort of bouffant hair, Mr. long Burns. fingered Mr. Burns to Chris Cornell um, yeah. or Johnny Depp. Chris, Chris Angel. <laughs> long hair and the little the little round shades and stuff looking quite cool. That is a fantastic um, film, by the way, Bram Stoker's It Dracula. is a fantastic film. I do really enjoy that yeah. version. Um, so, yeah, so um, that that might be, yeah, it could be that it is more sort of because he's trying to sort of keep his identity secret and keep and, and operate undetected. Whereas yeah. Nosferatu is, yeah, as you say, a monster. My favorite appearance of Nosferatu is that random SpongeBob throwaway gag. What? <laughs> no, I've never, I have no idea what you're on about. <laughs> you know I mean? There's an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants where Let's have a look. I think it's, I think it might be kind of a Halloween themed episode and they're in the Krusty Krab late at night and the lights are flickering. Yeah. And they they get scared that they think there's a some sort of creature or monster or killers coming to get them, and he looks away, and SpongeBob exclaims, "Oh, Nosferatu!" And it just cuts to Count Orlock just flipping the light switch on and off. <laughs> I think I found it. <laughs> it's a great little. I had no idea that existed. <laughs> and also the uh, the Nosferatu esque vampire in um what we do in the shadows as well it, the... what we do in the shadows is on my list to watch soon i haven't oh i've not seen it <gasps> yes it's very good definitely the film and the series yeah. are both excellent i'm a huge matt berry fan that's been on my mm -hmm. list for a long time so i'll get to that yeah it is wonderful but um, yeah but to talk about um bella lugosi's look yeah. in, in this um one of my first notes was Bella Lugosi invented the Dracula voice. Like yes. that. Yes. Listen to the children of the night. <laughs> that sort of, you know. What to suck your blood. Ah. <laughs> yeah. what, what, is the, what does he say at one point? Um, I never drink wine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's... He's... The way he speaks, like his accent is great because mm. I believe... Uh, when I looked him up, he was born in Hungary, but he resided in America, so he was an American. So he could probably go back to his Hungarian accent a bit. 
or the Eastern European, but the way his acting came across as Dracula was all right. Come on, let's let's pick up the pace. It's very, pick, very lots of pauses. Yeah, yeah, it's a I bit sloth like. And um, it's particularly because there's a lot of scenes that are completely silent. Yeah, uh, one of, in the in those early scenes where it's and it's Renfield in the castle rather than Jonathan Harker, so there is quite a big diversion from the actual original story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when he's he's when in that scene where he pours in the wine and he's serving him, it's just he's moving very slowly and there is no other sound apart from the wine being poured and nobody's saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's, I guess... It I mean, was, it adds to the atmosphere, I guess. It's, it's good. It really does. And I, I guess the reason for it is because it's... We're not too far off the transition from silent films to what we're getting mm. now with Dracula 1931. So, you know, people... There's not, there's not much of an audio score really going on with this mm. film. The, the the best part the best audio score is the beginning where we get Swan Lake. I, I don't know if yeah. it's called Swan Lake, but it's from Swan Lake. Yeah, um, beautiful it's, piece I think of music. It's called the Swan. Yeah. Or yeah. Um, but for the most of the film, there's there's nothing, and it's just silence. And it's really all. So it can be a bit awkward silence at times. Mm. But yeah, it, it but does yeah, help. I think so, especially with the sort of lack of dialogue and the way scenes are shot. It's. Um, yeah, it's weird. I mean, the pacing. I guess the, I guess this is sort of to a certain extent movie making in its infancy. Yeah, um, yeah. The pacing's very strange in places mm. because we just get a sort of loose collection of scenes that do follow on, but you've kind of got to fill in gaps yourself. Yeah. So Dracula shows up at the theater, introduces himself. Then there's the scene where he, it, it's him as a bat in Lucy's room. And then it cuts to Lucy on the mortuary slab being operated on, or she's dead. (laughs) And it's like, hang on a minute. There's like, there's some pretty significant jumps between these events, but we're just sort of like, this happens, this happens, this happens. Um, it flows a little bit better as the as the film goes on, I think. But it's like they're rushing to sort of set the scene and get things going. Um, in that in that early half, that first half. The, the film, I mean, I, the most notes I took were on Dracula himself rather than mm-hmm. the film itself. But as far as the film, I, I don't, I mean, I'm going to assume here. It's how many people have actually really seen this film or just seen I, the images of Bela Lugosi as the infamous look of Dracula mm-hmm. or how many people have watched this from start to finish? I mean, unless you're a big horror buff or you yeah. do a podcast on it. I probably, probably not. I mean, I must admit, it's, it was my first viewing. I mean, I've mm. had that collection. As we were saying just just before we started, I've not seen everything in that box set. Yeah, um, I've dipped into it, and, and and the fact that we're doing the series means you know I, I get to watch them, and I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, yeah, there's uh, you know there's maybe an element of oh well, it's an old black and white film, isn't it? It's going to be rubbish, um, which is. A horribly uncultured view to take on things but if i've got the choice between you know something with modern effects and lots going on and and an old black and white film i've got to be in a particular mood you do to sit and watch a slow black and white um you know mostly silent movie. yeah well as a whole so yeah it's it's only an hour and 15 long it is a short film but it mm-hmm. it does 
it is a slow pace at times, so it does feel a bit longer at times. Yeah. But um, this was my second viewing, and I remember watching it for the first time maybe maybe only five years ago or so, and I believe it was like a Sunday afternoon, and that felt like a slog, but not yeah. in the sense of it was a bad film. I enjoyed this film. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed this film. It was a fine. It was a fine watch. It was enjoyable yeah. at times. It was slow at times, but it was an absolutely fine watch. And to think this is nearly a hundred years old. Mm-hmm. The, there are horror films that come out nowadays that this trumps no no matter what. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And to me, that's that's incredible. That's really impressive. Yeah, um, definitely. I'd rewatch it. I mean, I, and I think it's it's you know one of the reasons why we wanted to do this is because they're the classics and yeah. It was good to see. It was interesting to see where, I mean, the tropes originally come from Black, mm. uh, from Bram Stoker. Yeah. But it's 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 interesting to see them like portrayed on film for the first time. And like I said, Bella Lugosi did the voice. That sort of little medallion look and the cape and the the yeah, slick back hair yeah. is quintessentially Dracula or a vampire has been spoofed in the Mount Monsters with Grandpa Monster has that, like, look. It's, the you know, up, if somebody... The, the collar up. Yeah, the yeah. collar up. If somebody says vampire, you know, draw me a vampire, probably do fangs, some sort yeah. of fangs. Although there are no fangs you in this know, film. I, yes, I was just about no to say No fangs that. in this film. I, no could, I was genuinely shocked at that. It got to the end and I was like, there were no fangs. No, none. You don't uh, see And also, them. also, spoiler alert, um, but... You don't get to see the staking either. Nope. You don't. They kill no. him off camera. Yep. And that in and I think that in like later vampire films is like the the money shot, isn't it? Where yeah. the, you'll get the boom, the the you know we've seen yeah, the, Christopher the, Lee get staked <laughs> in the chest. The kill many, at the God knows how many times. The kill at the end is literally Van Helsing. Yes, he is dead. Yeah, All right. Just off, <laughs> cool. You just hear it. Sure. You just hear like some off camera and hear a yep. bit of screaming and it's like oh, great right, that's we're done cool. we're out of here let's <laughs> crack on um the the plot uh i mean how uh, the plot is like we said all the different iterations the plot has been changed probably here and there but it's it's very straightforward if you've never seen dracula a solicitor in the name of renfield is called to count dracula's castle to, uh, on a matter of business because he, he dracula actually wants to move to Carefax uh, Sanitarium in England, right, which is mm-hmm. conveniently located next to no Care, Carefax Castle Abbey, Abbey which yeah. is located next to the sanitarium, which to him is probably fresh blood and resources. Mm-hmm. And he eventually gets there, and then that's where his his identity starts getting discovered um, by our by Van Helsing, uh, Hugh mm-hmm. Jackman, um, a young Hugh Jackman, um, and that, that's basically it. He's, He's a vampire that starts to get discovered. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very straightforward scene, plot. The scene with the mirror. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's does. Have you ever read Bram Stoker's? No. Have you read the right. Okay. I read it a while back. I streamed it actually. It was one of the uh, the one of the stories I, I live read on stream. Damn it! You should describe the plot then. It was a while ago, but from what I remember, the sort of the biggest changes. I'll, I'll go just go through. Yeah, the yeah. Biggest changes it, it. is that. While it's implied that Renfield did go and visit Dracula, mm. it, we don't see that in the book. So the format, the format of um, the Dracula novel is mm. a lot of there's a lot of diary entries and things. So that first, the first 
time we meet Dracula is when Jonathan Harker goes. Mm. He goes to visit Dracula to fo- uh, finalize the last of the um, last of the paperwork and, and mm. such. And he stays there for quite a long time. I think it's sort of like months. He, he's there in Dracula's castle, and various spooky things happen to him. Um, and then he comes back to England, and the ship arrives. Um, so one of the biggest changes that this film makes is that we don't get Jonathan Harker's involvement all that much. Mm. And it focuses on Renfield, who does visited before Jonathan, goes mad, and then, well, goes mad, ends up in a, a sanitarium. Obviously, he's actually under draft. We find out he's under Dracula's influence, and he's acting as his servant, essentially. Um, so that's that's kind of the biggest departure. Um, is that we get this interaction with Renfield going um, to to do the paperwork stuff, and a lot of the film focuses more on him being like a like the henchman essentially. He keeps popping up at various yeah. points and and laughing and making references to his master being on the way and such. Um, then it it does follow the rest of the plot of the movie quite quickly quite closely but it's 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 sort of skipped through quite fast so lucy dying and coming back as a vampire is a lot bigger of a deal in um in the original novel um whereas literally we just get her being visited by a bat and dead on a mortuary slab and then it's yeah. just referenced by mina that she was visited her, that she's come back. We never actually see her again as a vampire or anything. Yep. Um, and then the the shift of Dracula's attention shifts to Mina herself, um, and she's slowly turning, mm. um, and then the until the off Dracula, um, which from as I recall again, it's it, it's it's skipped through and it's quite it's quite a fast telling of the story, but. Apart from the Renfield bit at the beginning, it's largely fairly close to the to the plot. You're mentioning there's not too many big changes, I don't think. I, the research I did do on this, you mentioned the character Jonathan Harker. Mm-hmm. So Jonathan Harker, yeah, was meant to travel to Transylvania in the opening scenes, and they cut it. But that that was apparently in the stage play because Bela Lugosi played Dracula in the stage play in Broadway, which this film follows more from the stage play than it does mm. the the book itself. So it's kind of like it's just a film adaptation of the stage play, really. Yeah. So Jonathan Harker explains a lot of their performances, to be honest. So the ca- yeah, the character, the character of Jonathan Harper, Harker wasn't in the film at all. Is that he is? Is it? Is it yeah, is no, he is. Conf- Sorry, yeah. So he's um, he's Mina's fiance. Of course, he's John. Yes, jo- Jonathan. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah, Doctor yeah, yeah, Doctor yeah, yeah. Seward's fu- potential, you know, future about to be son-in-law. Um, but he he has a bigger role to play gotcha. in the yeah. original telling of the story than he does in this movie. And Renfield Renfield takes over yeah. what Jonathan's part in the story is for a large part. Yeah, he doesn't really do too much in this film, Jonathan. He's no, kind of just really a doesn't. worrying the whole time. He's just yeah. all concerned about it. <laughs> yeah. And sort of being that um being the non believer in mm. the room. Mm. It's, yeah, he's sort of very quickly or wants to sort of dismiss it all as poppycock yeah and yeah needs needs convincing by other people um so we have uh but we have that great scene with the mirror when they 
Yeah, that's one of my favourite shots of the film. One of my favourite scenes it's of the film. Played. I mean, it's definitely not played as a comedy, but I think looking at it with sort of modern eyes, it comes across as really funny because you've got you've got the. It's like a, is it a cigarette, it's a cigarette case box. or something with mm. with, a, with a mirror in it for some mm. strange reason? Um, well, for vampires. So, well, yeah. So you can while well, you just check to see if there are any vampires in the yep. room while you reaching for a you smoke. offer someone you offer someone a cigarette out of your cigarette box if you see there's no reflection they're not getting one they're not getting <laughs> they're a cigarette not... yeah <laughs> away with you vampire <laughs> they can have one of the clove tips you're in cigarillo um, but yeah so so it's um it's van helsing opens the opens the thing and it just keeps doing this sort of like cut away where he's like double and triple yeah. taking looking <laughs> at the mirror looking over <laughs> I don't know how many takes you'd need to if if I was with someone and their reflection wasn't in the mirror, it wouldn't take me about ten looks to go, hang on. No. I'd be like, what the fuck is going they on really, here? <laughs> they really drum it in there. They really drum it in there. I mean, I know we we as an audience know that Dracula is a vampire, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And but there are a couple of sort of subtle foreshadowings that are like like the I don't drink wine line mm. and there's there's a, a couple of other things as well that sort of he make cuts you think. himself yeah oh that's yeah that's the other one is when he cuts himself and he sees the blood all oh, this is um, so it's so early on this mm. film we're, we're we're focusing hard on dracula himself for the first 20 minutes like we're not um, a modern film and I, I i was happy i came up with this a modern film would I say a popular IP nowadays, you know, would have additional stories going on, additional characters, mm. and then add in, oh, here's the the titular character of the film. But mm. really, we're focusing on these boring people first. Yeah. And one of the prime examples, actually, you know, what we just mentioned was Godzilla 2014. Godzilla, it was the, it was the it was the great <laughs> return of Godzilla. But no, we've got to focus on these boring humans rather than the big fun monster. Yeah. No, no, with this, it's like, boom, Dracula, Dracula. Here he is. You can tell he's a vampire. He loves to sup. There's something sketchy about him. He's got this mm-hmm. deranged castle. I like, I love that. Three, they, three random women live in there. That he sees his to, wives. He's got a harem yeah, of wives. women. Like, yeah. Um, yeah they, waves away. They, they don't shy away from it. It's We're, we're there. Mm. We're right focusing yeah. on Dracula straight away. And then there's a little bit of like people trying to, con- you know, discovering that he's a vampire or Van Helsing sort of mm. pointing out that he's a vampire and then, you know, waiting for everybody else to catch up. Um, and But just that sort of just after the, or the, the sort of end of that mirror scene is they go to offer him a cigarette and he just yeah. like smashes, just smashes it out of his hand. And it's the... <laughs> It's the it's such a strong reaction, like throwing, he smashes it, and throws his cape and like cowers, and then and then just sort of goes, "Well, I'm not a vampire," and walks out, <laughs> and, and walks out to the balcony. And then when they go to the balcony, he's not there. There's a wolf running across the yeah. lawn. <laughs> okay, so couldn't see his reflection. He freaking lost it at the sight of a mirror <laughs> really over the disappeared top disappeared from the balcony and there's suddenly a wolf shall we start linking these together <laughs> and it still takes another like <laughs> however long 10 15 20 minutes of people going no this is ridiculous before 
Mad. Before they actually, it's like, like blatantly is a vampire. Blatantly is. Dracula as a whole, as a character, I didn't know that he has somewhat of mind control power. Or that he mm. could do uh, the he could potentially transform into a wolf. I didn't know that was part of the lore, the backstory of a of Dracula or a vampire. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like I say, I think I think Bram Stoker is responsible for a lot of the tried and tested tropes mm. surrounding vampires. Um, there is all, there's also a couple of couple that aren't mentioned, like they can't cross running water. I think that really? comes from yeah. I think that comes from. I mean, it probably ultimately European folklore. Yeah, but yeah. I think that's also something that's that's mentioned and made like a, a big deal of in uh, in Bram Stoker's tale. Hmm. Uh, so Bram Stoker was basically responsible for pulling a bunch of folklore together and giving it to the masses, hmm. and then subsequently a lot of those sort of various va uh, vampire isms. Are all are all taken from what what Stalker gave us. Um, so yeah, the the sort of mind control, which is I mean, there's a lot of shots of like lit up eyes because um, there's one scene where the torches are slightly off. So he's got like one one eyes highlight 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 highlighted has the highlighted, uh, and the other is just his cheekbone because the torch is slightly off kilter. You mean the um. The uh, Captain Kirk, uh, Morticia, uh, just a spotlight over the eyes. Yeah, 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 That's yeah, yeah. The spotlight on the eyes, so which which indicates mind control. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's that's kind of good. Yeah, I, th I think I did. I made a list of his little of his powers that we we see. So, um, mind control, turn into a wolf, turn into a bat, and I think it's implied that he's got strength. This, superhuman strength as well i think there's some mention of renfield's bars being bent like cheese which seems a really odd <laughs> an odd thing an odd thing to say he bent these like... bars as if they were cheese <laughs> okay right <laughs> what would you in life what would you need to bend just in general no just trying to think. You... you're using example uh do you, do you bend metal for anything I'm trying to oh, think of an well, example that you might then use that phrase. Oh, you, uh, bet, see, you yeah, bent see. that like cheese. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I guess... I mean, well, I suppose it was the 30s or whatever. They don't have, yeah. Did they have breadsticks then? I probably would have said he snapped it like a bread or something easily That's snapped a good one. or broken. That's a good one, yeah. Bent it like wet spaghetti. I don't know. Does cheese bend? Cheese, cheese, cheese wouldn't be top of my list, I don't think. Does cheese... That's the title. That should be the title of this episode. Does cheese bend? Does cheese bend? <laughs> I mean, cheese strings, maybe. Oh, good shout! <laughs> but just another, just another little note I made about the um, the sort of setup that Dracula is a, to, to the yeah, to yeah. the cast yeah. that Dracula is a vampire is that um, when they're at um, what's the word examining. They're examining Mina, and mm. they, they see the marks on her neck, and well, we don't see the marks on her neck, but he says, "Oh." You've got those marks too. How how would you how have you come across those marks on your neck? And then the maid goes, Count Dracula and introduces him. Yeah. 
<laughs> like, oh, here we go. Here he is. Yeah, just conveniently, here he is. Yeah. <laughs> Did you... Does he... How does he wash his clothes? How does he? How does he wash his clothes? The man lives of in all a... the questions <laughs> about vampires and Dracula, we're wondering about his laundry. I just look. I just it was a little note. I just wanted to get it out of the way. Okay. I've just he's very he's always immaculately dressed. He is always, but immaculate he sleeps and he sl- in a dirty coffin in a dirty, dirty well, cave literally basin. a box of soil. Yeah, a, a, soil. a box of soil. And that was another thing I didn't know mm-hmm. about, like his law, like. Uh, Van Helsing talks about the earth that he has to take with him. Mm. I had no idea about that. Yeah, and I, again, I think that's something that comes from um, the folklore and and the mm. that they have to return to the grave each night. Yeah. Um. So, it, so the it's kind of been taken to to mean, and I suppose it's a good way of representing it is that he sleeps in a coffin. Yeah. But I think in the actual in in Stalker, from what I remember, it's, it literally just needs to in the soil it doesn't necessarily even need to be in a box as such but it's his it, soil as long as it's his grave soil yeah. yeah um yeah there's a whole thing so that's that's all true as well you know true um that's all sort of accepted as part of the mythology as well is this this law um as far as need to return to the grave and as far as the law there, there's a scene later on in the film where van helsing the way he talks about dracula like when he's really uh, realized what's going on, it it gives the impression that the folklore about them is 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 quite a prominent thing in their in the history of this world, rather than it's a monster that they're discovering how this this new monster works and like vampires have been a thing. They they talk about it as in yeah. ah, it's a vampire. Yes, it must be. Rather than I guess we'll call them vampires. They they seem to yeah no hard, no. You know? um... Van Helsing is a doc. He's a doctor, yeah, um, a medical doctor. But he's also had dealings with vampires, so yes. he's like an authority on them, and has dealt with them previously, and knows how to identify them, and more importantly, I guess, how to dispatch them. Because um, he's he's brought in, um, in the novel, he's brought in. Might be Doctor Seward that knows of him. He's he's sort of he's meant to be sort of well renowned, yeah, um, yeah, uh, physician. So he's like, oh, I'll contact. We'll get um, Doctor Van Helsing to come over. And Van Helsing rocks up and goes, yeah, you know, I'm I'm a, a great doctor and I've done X, Y, and Z. But this is vampires, and I happen to know about them as. Well. And everyone's like, you're mental. Why yeah, are we trusting yeah. you? <laughs> you just know about them apparently. But yeah, he's uh, he's. You know, doctor by day, vampire hunter by night. He knows the he knows the biz. So he, um, yeah, immediately starts with the the wolf's bane and 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 garlic. Did that? Don't think it's, they ever mentioned garlic. I don't think it's mentioned in the film, but I'm just trying to remember if it, it is in Stalker. But like it's definitely wolf's wolf's bane. Yeah, but that, that as far as the repellents, the wolf's bane was more to repel the wolf the, the wolf side of it right or was it was it to repel dracula himself because they've got the cross and they've got the wolf's bane but there's nothing else there's no holy water no, I, there's no garlic no i think i think it's I, I think it's just wolf wolf's bane works against vampires in general mm, mm. um oh, remember remember that yeah i can't remember if garlic comes in i'm pretty sure garlic is mentioned in 
mm. stalker as well. It may be both that they hang up. And they because they hang it all around the windows and all around the bed and like the room's absolutely festooned with it. it Which then the um Dracula mind controls the maid to mm. remove the wolfsbane so he can do his business uh with me. Yeah. Um Yeah, exactly. Uh it's not it's not mentioned and I don't know that vampires need to be invited in. I don't think that's something. Oh, I that have comes heard from. of that before. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure where that little piece of lore comes from, and it does. It is. It's one of those that's general, fairly well accepted, and up there with like you know, a version to sunlight and a version to garlic as being mm. a thing. But it doesn't always appear in vampire tales, and I'm not sure if it's an original sort of Dracula one either. I mean, he he goes. The, uh, the other end yeah. of that, he just goes wherever he wants to go. <laughs> Basically, if he can get in, he'll, he'll yeah. get in. Um, flapping about as a as a big bat. Well, that's a great little segue into talking about the bats, just quickly, because those bats are phenomenal. Not just the bats, any little critters that they put in this film. The um, little spider is good. Just... <laughs> snakes up the wall. There, and there is randomly a... a possum. But that's real. It was po- an armadillo. <laughs> it's a real possum. There's, I swear, there's some armadillos in this as well, or, or ant eaters. There's, there's really? a, I don't remember that. There's a po- the possums at the beginning when Dracula wakes from, you know, cruel from his yeah. his crypt in the castle. Yeah, but I swear, I swear, there's like an armadillo. I'm gonna look for that. I'm gonna okay. look for that right now. <laughs> I don't remember there being an armadillo. I'm gonna, but going Ted White all going, over again. <laughs> going back to the bat. There's the great scene towards the end, just basically just before they go and deal with Dracula. Yeah. Where Mina is sort of. She's on the verge of attacking Jonathan, basically. I know what you're going to say. I know. And he's, and he's yes. swiping. And the bat, and he says, Look out, the yes. bat will get in your hair. Look out, dear. There's a bat. It's going to get in your hair. <laughs> and he's just ineffectually he's like he's nowhere near it he's just swiping about the place yeah that really made me laugh <laughs> but I'm, I'm so happy you noted that that look out for the bad deer that will get in your hair that's oh and it, I mean, that wouldn't a, have been played for laughs no 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 i mean like say nothing about it is played for laughs but it's just looking at it with you know modern eyes makes it look a lot like it is a spoof at times. Because it's probably just a, a crew member on a scaff above, or or with a big rod, and it's just mm. dangling this rubber bat. I mean, there's a bit earlier where the bat turns up and somebody just faints. It's there? Is it? Is it Renfield just faints? This bat, oh, bat yeah, flies in and he just... Well, just... well, that's at the beginning when Renfield has mm. been... He, he's drunk the wine that Dracula offered him. Mm-hmm. And potentially be my troll. He goes to open the window, and the bat arrived, which That's is Dracula. It. But mm-hmm. I took that to it. I assumed the he'd been drugged by the wine. Uh possibly, possibly. I just I didn't really pick up on that necessarily. I just thought, oh, he sees a bat and faints. <laughs> oh oh um, my! <laughs> <laughs> Heavens to Betsy, a bat. <laughs> I'm so happy uh, you mentioned that about the bat in her hair, man. That was so yeah, hilarious. Yeah, I just. It was great. It was great. Um, another thing I really like about this is the sets, sets of really the crypt good. and the castle. We've got these amazing big 
grand sweeping staircases and pillars and I could you could just picture it being obviously it's just going to be a huge sound stage yeah um with you know somebody hanging cobwebs up and candelabras and stuff it's it's very cool there's some great shots I think it's when um well when Renfield first turns up at the castle and Dracula descends the first appears and descends the staircase. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely That's, beautiful. It's a great shot. Um, and then again, towards the end, where the... Um, it must be the Abbey. I think it's the yeah. cellar beneath the crypt beneath the Abbey, isn't it? Where, where Dracula's resided. And there's a huge, huge staircase coming down there. And I was just I was just watching it thinking, like, that must have been a big build for the set the set designers and stuff. It's... It's one. I'm looking at it now as I'm looking for the armadillo. It's a it's a huge set because it's the one where it's the the, the spiral staircase where Dracula. And it's a beautiful shot. It's a side view of Dracula walking slowly towards Renfield mm-hmm. as Renfield pleads for his life and then kills Renfield. And Renfield, the actor, well, stuntman, falls down the stairs. It's huge. Yeah. It's got to be at least three three stories high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what what's great about them is that they're not. They've not been. Uh, they're not optical effects. They're not uh, matte paintings. They, they are mm. sets. They're, and yeah, the 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 castle specifically at the beginning, so grand. Yeah, that's really good. Sorry, I've just found. No, 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 stumbled across a picture of Dracula with the mismatched spotlights. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I uh, I, the one note I did put about the sets. Uh, where was it? About I think it was about the castle. I mean, the ca- as beautiful as the set was, the castle was an absolute shithole. <laughs> yeah, it's horrid. I mean, he doesn't technically he doesn't live in the castle. He live he lives in the basement in in his yeah. uh, in his coffin. It's just a a place to hang, really, I guess. But it's cobwebs everywhere. It's it is a crumbling castle. Yeah, and I think again, I think that's that's taken straight from Stalker's work. There are. Um, the, the let me just remember yeah it's so john is as i said it's jonathan harker that turns up yeah. and he's staying there for a number of months and he's got sort of two or three he's given sort of two or three very well presented rooms that are stocked and there's a fully stocked library and it's t- we told that dracula has done all manner of research about where he's going to live and and the laws of england and he's you know it's he's described as being like really intelligent and well read and yeah. well researched so there's a fully stocked library um but and this you know these rooms where jonathan stay are like have been prepared but then it's also noted that there's oh there's dracula sort of private quarters that he's not allowed into mm. and he's told not to go to the east wing of the castle or west wing of the castle i can't remember just which but there's a certain part of the castle that's off limit but the rest of it is like thick with dust doesn't look like it's been mm. used and it's and we're told it's because basically Dracula doesn't use the doors. He, he flies out the window yeah. as a bat. <laughs> yeah. He's, or well, I, I think can. he can also turn into fog as well. I think that's another power that's not <laughs> mentioned. I would have um, liked a bit more, a bit more of the castle. I'll be honest, a bit more mm. of his domain because that that's got that's five minutes of the film maybe. Yeah, I mean, we just say we didn't see anything of the brides. No. And in the story, there is a there is a well, we they, they kind of did it where the brides turn up and then Dracula comes in and basically just wafts, you know, just yeah, wafts them away. I think in the I think in the original Stalker story, that is a that 
there's a lot more speech involved mm. and there's a lot more like and it's dracula appearing kind of bestial and feral and like the, they almost sort of fight over him um i think the the 90s version did with gary Oldman did it a little mm. bit better um but yeah we, we could have had a little bit more we could have had a little bit more gen general vampiring i think like i still can't really get over the fact that we don't see any fangs like there are that's you know, mad because four Nos maybe five vampires in this film or yeah. six if you want to include lucy as well and we don't we don't see a single sharp tooth anywhere especially as the as we talked about earlier the design of nosferatu mm. it's prominently it's right there it's it's not even yeah, yeah, yeah. hidden with a mouth closed it they are there and there's there's nothing so i'm i'm always i'm intrigued now as well to know what would be the next installment of a of a dracula character that really uh focused on showing okay mm. this this is his weapon right there two fangs yeah. this is his key weapon i mean cuz yeah obviously we we told about the, the puncture marks um, I'm just I'm, again, maybe that's maybe that's something that wasn't in Stoker's story either. But oh, and you think it might have been an additional? But they must, but they must have been because we talk. We, it's the the puncture marks in the neck are are there, and that mentioned, and that's legit from Stoker, yeah, and that's yeah. the thing. So, but I'm just wondering if it was never implied or never mentioned that like that's because vampires have fangs, mm. and then looks later on somebody's gone. Why not? Oh well, there's puncture marks in the neck, but there's no mention of like really how you get there. Well, obviously vampires must have fangs, so let's let's stick that in. So yeah, I don't know what would I mean. What would be? What was the next? I guess it'd be what was the next Dracula film after? Well, I mean there were there <laughs> were certainly after many more Dracula films, that, but the I, I did see that the only other dracula film that bella lugosi did after this was quite some time after in the abbott costello bella lugosi mm. uh again i i really want us to do some abbott costello stuff down the line in the future because there's abbott costello meet this meets that meets that and i think they'd be great they'd be great contrast and good fun to watch um oh but yeah, yeah he, he, uh, he he didn't he that was the only one he did but there were a few more in between um did have it up i did we did i mean so so apart from that he only he only played dracula twice then yeah and that's interesting yeah that he's you is know, that iconic as iconic as it is yeah uh five years after the original release universal released dracula's daughter in 36 a direct a direct sequel starts immediately after the end Oh, okay. uh, and then another sequel, Forty Three, Son of Dracula, starring Lon Chaney Jr. Uh, the Count returned to life. Three more Universal films, mid forties: House of Frankenstein, House of Dracula, and the comedy Abbott Costello Meet Frankenstein. So I believe he's in. Yeah, he uh, Bela Lugosi reprised his role as Dracula in Abbott Costello Meet Frankenstein, nineteen forty-eight. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there were a couple in between, but I guess. If they're titled Dracula's Daughter and Son of Dracula, that he didn't need to be in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So didn't need to be in it. I um, mean, I suppose the the next, I mean, the next iconic actor is Christopher Lee, I guess, in the Hammer film. Um, yeah, if we're talking iconic, for sure, no doubt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then I, I guess Gary Oldman. Do you know one thing I really Leslie thought? Nielsen. 
Oh, Dracula dead and loving it. <laughs> that is, oh, anything with Leslie Nielsen, man. We Just... should do. We should do some spoof horrors. We should. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of good ones out there. There's, there's, a, there's a month filled with spoof horrors right there. Uh-huh. And we're not just talking scary movie one, two, three, and four. No, no, no. <laughs> I was I was thinking, like what we've just been talking about, oh, there was this film, there was that film, there was that film we didn't know about. I think, oh, I don't think, I know my horror knowledge, let's say anything pre-60s or 70s is really thin. Yep. Like we all we we all know as big horror fans, Same. we know the se- the big hitters of the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, and onwards. But I don't know. When I think of time before the sixties, it's really sad. But I've, the first thing that comes to mind, I think of world wars. I think of the depression. I don't think of Hollywood and all these films, these horror mm. films. That horror was obviously been going on since the twenties and even earlier. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, think my, I think my knowledge is so thin. Earliest movies, you know, horrors like you know one of the oldest genres yeah they were making sort of ghost movies in the silent era and um yeah early zombie movies and yeah and my, uh, my knowledge is so thin and it's it's become a a part of the genre that i'm now really interested to delve into mm. and look and just see what i've been missing we think yeah. about when we, when we talked about monsters earlier we say monsters of horror we think of your slashers nowadays you think of the icons oh yeah yeah you don't people think always say of the classics no of course people always say like oh who's your you know your mount rushmore of horror yeah and it's all oh, freddy and jason other and yeah nobody goes dracula frankenstein's monster the mummy anymore no one. do they um but be- and that- i guess you know props to props to the attempt to reboot the yeah universal monsters as a as a modern thing but they're not 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 scary but they're not the icons that they once were and exactly you know and that that kind of leads me into saying uh, at the time this film was probably terrifying there are aspects of this film i can pretend to i can pretend to be in the in in the theater at 1931 and think Mm -hmm. This is I've never seen anything like this before. This is terrifying. But now, yeah. a modern audience, this is this is nothing. Yeah. This is, well, like this, you say, this, this is this is the kind of film now nowadays that's on a Sunday. Yeah. You could watch, you know, you watch it. Oh, Dracula! They're putting Dracula on Sunday I, lunchtime. And I think the slow pace of it, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, potentially, like you said, uh, aspects of it being cut out, missing scenes or whatever. I think it would. Not not to downplay the film. I think it would bore a modern audience. I genuinely think it yeah. would. Um, and it's a shame yeah, because... I, I think so. I think that's fair to say. It is a shame, but I don't think you're wrong. No. Um, there's just not enough. I think I think if you're going to watch these films like now, you've either got to be like, you know, like we are fans of horror and yeah. you, you want to look at the roots or you're studying film and you're looking at it from that sort of early cinematography point of view or you know you've or you're of an older generation and got fond memories of this from when you were younger Mm. um yeah it's not the kind of thing that somebody's gonna say come out of watching scream six and go oh yeah um that was good but it's not a patch on dracula from 1931 (laughs) it's just not gonna happen 
Like, oh, I jumped out my seat so many times. How many times <laughs> yeah. are you going to jump out your seat at Dracula? Absolutely terrified at, you know, Bella Lugosi's staring eyes. It, it's, yeah. And at, Although and that, the sort of his slow um, His slow, sl- the slowest assault known to man of the poor uh, flower girl in London. Flower girl, yeah. It's, it's so weird. It just, she doesn't yeah, do just anything. Sort of moves her behind the pillar. <laughs> it, it's a good seven seconds, I'd say, of this young flower girl trying to get a flower, off, uh, selling flowers for a gentleman's lapels or whatever. Yeah, and he he doesn't even question it. He's just fixated on her, but he's so mm-hmm. slow at <laughs> moving slowly towards her, and she is just. I mean, maybe she's fixated. Maybe she's being mind controlled to not. Move. I, th- I think we've got to assume that there yeah. is that. So- but then she starts. Oh, I suppose she starts screaming shortly after that. Yeah. But I think I, I've always sort of. I always take it that yeah, he. The first thing he does is sort of lock them in a trance. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like you know, uh, thirty days of night, for example, where they're you know yeah. feral, attacking, screaming, and cutting people up attack the sort of vampires um that's a that was one hell of a pull for a vampire film 30 days of night yeah wow i was just thinking of all the films of all the i was just thinking of a more sort of because dracula is your quintessential distinguished gentleman vampire and then the other end of the thing you've got the the scale you've got 30 days of night and i was trying to think of something what's the other end of the scale where you've really got sort of or ravenous monsters um, Other end of my scale is Salma Hayek dancing with a snake vampire, but you know, mm, each to yeah, their own. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sucking on Tarantino's foot. Oh no, wait, it's the other way around. <laughs> yeah. Um, he wrote that scene himself. <laughs> so how how dare you? How could you say something like that? I don't believe you. Mm. He wouldn't. But even like um, even sort of the vampires from the Anne Rice trilogy, so Lestat and uh, Louis in View of the Vampire. They, oh, they yeah, don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't have that mind control thing going on. Mm. Um, you know, they they generally it's in that film where they when they're taking victims, it's sort of a like a there's a sexual sort mm. of element to mm. it, and you know they 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 nuzzling and canoodling and kissing, and then all of a sudden the the kisses on the neck turns into screams and arterial spray yeah um so they're not for this so it's like a it's subterfuge to to attack but not not just an attack up the, the sort of your your feral end of the scale or mind control and influence at the the dracula end that's it's sort of this halfway house but yeah yes. I, I think dracula's shtick is he he bends people to his will yeah when we, t- we talk about um different types of like vampires and draculas in, in sense they're all cannibals really mm-hmm. like and we talk about it, the better the ghost's iconic look is what people dress up for halloween or whatever it what what's worse like dressing up as jason this mute this mutant serial killer or i'm dressing up as a distinguished cannibal <laughs> like pretty much that's that's quite hardcore, and you get kids just dressing up as it because it's I want to suck your blood, ha, ah, and the cake. Yeah, but you're dressing up as a as a cannibal. 
And yeah, well, that's it's evil. I guess that's it's really evil. I mean, is it? Is it? A, it is. But I, how do? You, how often do you think about vampires drink blood? Everybody knows vampires drink blood. Yeah. But you don't necessarily think about it in terms of how horrific that no, is. I suppose you don't. You don't at all. And it's probably testament to the fact that he's such a ubiquitous character and image, and you know. Teachers, a vampire teaches kids how to count on Sesame. Yes, you know, use, using the Bella Lugosi voice. I was hoping we'd um, get a reference of the count up in here. At def- some point. Definitely, I'm also <laughs> going to pull in Count Chocula. He advertises breakfast cereal <laughs> where it's available because it's not a it's, it's not American a thing. But, yeah. Um, um, I mean, what else? There's, there's got to be for, you know, oh, vape, vape, vampire vapes. We've got a whole chain of e e cigarette liquid shops. Is there the really vampire vapes? Yeah, it's a high street chain of vape juice retailers. Isn't there e-cigarette a um, shop? There was. I thought so. There was a black exploitation film, uh, nineteen seventy two, called Blackula. Blackula. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, Dracula and vampires in particular have been uh, like I, well oh, is it dracula 2000 what? it's either dracula 2000 or possibly blade trinity where dracula walks into a like a goth shop selling all these like dracula bobbleheads and other kitschy merchandise and he's like disgusted that that's his sort of legacy in the modern day as as being you know Teaching kids how to count and selling cho- and chocolate-based cereal, breakfast Man. cereal. Speaking of Blade films, I'd forgotten about Blade being the uh, vampire films. Oh, Blade Two mm. is so good. Blade uh, Two is good. Blade, the original Blade's good. Blade, Blade is Trinity is, is not terrible. <laughs> yeah, you're right there. So bad. Um, I didn't have. I probably haven't got too much more, if I'm honest, ref, uh, relating to. I don't the film I don't itself. Think so. I mean, just just as another little note, talking about you know modern modern perceptions of an old film. Some mm. of the acting is a little bit hammy and yeah, OTT. and in particular, sort of like Dracula's reactions to crosses. And the 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 keep the cape sweep and the oh yeah <laughs> it's, oh, it's very Broadway it's a very but it's I very think I think that's what it is I think it, the acting is a lot more like stage acting put on film rather than yeah. cinema acting and it's probably it is a, a product of yeah the um, the sort of transition from silent films into talkies and yeah and cinema becoming more of a more of a medium than it was i mean as as far as the acting notes i i noted down was renfield is like two different i mean well technically he is two different people in this film but mm-hmm. the acting point it's he when it went after his transformation is is far superior to his acting as a human being at the beginning yeah i, I was it, i was really struggling with his accent at the beginning yeah it yeah it kind of it was. Yeah, he uh, he's obviously a bit English, a but, bit. but he sounded more English as um, 
servant to Dracula Renfield rather than solicitor at the beginning Renfield. It, it really mm-hmm. it, it floated a bit through different accents. And also, I know we've mentioned this throughout the episode about how... Dwight Fry. I mean, he was an American actor. Even so then, there, there were... There an were American actor. There were hints of like, a, I don't know, some sort of European language floating around with his accent. Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, particularly in the 1930s as well, yeah. how many Americans heard a British accent at that time. Um, Poor blimey governor. They I mean, there that. was a lot of there was a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, but um, that that pervades to this day. I think. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Depending on what you're watching, like, I never get over Fraser's uh, Daphne from Fraser's Manchester, oh. which has yeah. never seen never seen Manchester. <laughs> but uh, I did really like Renfield. I did like character. I, lo- I, I like him as a character. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I like how he's uh, he's appeared over the years in various. Um, and he eats iterations. bugs. He likes to, he, he prefers eat... to eat bugs rather than yeah. feast on human flesh. Well, he's not he's not a vampire. Now, what is he? That he's, is what I didn't he, get. Yeah, he's not. I mean, he's not a vampire, and he's. He, but he's very much under Dracula's yeah. spell. He's yeah. very much under his motivation. Um, and he has a so he, he's sort of like a lesser perverted version of it, if you will. Like if Dracula, it, if if for argument's sake, Dracula's ultimate goal is to like create a bunch of vampires and rule yeah. the world as as a, you know the the lord of the vampires, then Renfield has like that same ambition, but for vermin. So basically, he wants like flies and spiders. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's lesser lives, rats, rodents. I think at one point he says uh, in the story, he professes to Doctor Seward that he he'd really like a little kitten, and he wants he wants to control something, but he sort of because he sees himself as so much lesser to Dracula than yeah. the only conceivable thing he can be master of is something like an insect. But yeah, he does tend to eat them. I was a little bit skeptical when he brought up the lines of "I want." Uh, it was something along the lines of, I want smaller, I want smaller flesh, mm. I want smaller beings. I'm like, uh, where are we going with this, Renfield? Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm, let's, let's keep it PG now, let's keep it uh, light. Uh, the other the other questionable bit of acting, which we mentioned earlier that there were certain aspects of this film played for laughs for us but not for back in the day was mm-hmm. martin the staff member of the sanitarium yeah, yeah he yeah. is the, the proper oh cop live governor that's that's a bit nuts isn't it i mean he's the guy that comes out with the line about the bars being bent like cheese yeah yeah when <laughs> yeah, he, he was, he, he's with he um uh, the maid who gets uh, mind controlled later on he's he's hunting the wolf with a shotgun and then he alludes to oh maybe maybe she's not what she seems as well and then he just starts slowly backing away <laughs> yeah. into the woods like he doesn't trust her either but he he's definitely the i don't even know if he would come across as comical relief in the film back then uh i think it's yeah, just it's, to us really it's difficult it's difficult to say maybe maybe not no because but i think because of the this sort of outlandish uh accent that he has um that yeah it does come across as as being more more funny yeah than, um, yeah. than it's perhaps meant to be 
because it's very sort of Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins uh, yes, level of very oh, hamming it up, core blimey. Van, Van um, the, the the actor who played Van Helsing did a great job. I think. I think I like I like the character Van Helsing. Mm-hmm. He was he was good. Yeah, he was, he was good. good. I mean, he, again, he, in terms of like I said, sort of keeping with the story, I think it does it does follow the beats quite well. And Van Helsing is exactly what he's supposed to be. He's he's a very well educated man who happens to have had de- who happens to know that some elements of the supernatural are real and is very scientific and as matter of fact about that as he is about how you know blood is pumped around the human body for example is is it's one yeah. of the same it's it's facts and knowledge and yeah he does he's he does come across uh he does come across very well he's played he's played very well yeah definitely just, <laughs> i'm just going back to renfield for a second I'm yeah yeah do. Find, uh, i was just trying to find who played Renfield in the uh, in the nineties, Bram Stoker's Dracula, and it was Tom Waits. And I really? Think he's, yeah, he was one of. He is my favorite Renfield that's been on screen. Now, now, obviously, with the new film that's come out, Renfield, I I mm-hmm. didn't actually know because I don't know I, my knowledge on this whole story of Dracula is is very loose, is very thin. I didn't know Renfield was shall we say his servant Dracula mm-hmm. and Renfield so when the new film came out I thought they were doing a, a Dracula story but Nicolas Cage's character was called Renfield the, the vampire was called Renfield oh right yeah yeah so obviously Renfield is Nicholas Holt I believe is 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 in that as well and yes, Nicholas Cage yes, is playing yes, Dracula Nicholas Holt mm-hmm. is playing Renfield um, so now I'm more intrigued to go and see that and see that it's adaptation. meant to be very good yeah from what I've heard it's meant to be very good I, I wouldn't mind watching that myself yeah yeah, um, he's a, he's a good he's a good character. It's, um, you know, sort of he got he got a figure, I believe, in the um, oh, I nearly said Tom Savini. It's not Tom Savini. The movie maniacs figures. Um, Todd McFarlane. Really, Todd McFarlane movie maniac series. There is a Renfield figure. Yeah, he got his own. Uh, he did get his own figure. He is an interesting character. Um. And one that you could probably play around. I mean, obviously the 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 new Renfield with Nick Cage is more of a horror comedy, I believe, isn't it? It's more of a comedy film. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. But he's kind because he is sort of like you know disturbed and creepy, and I think there's a lot of things you could do with him. Mm. Um, yeah, it does make for. A- a crazy a good crazy one but yeah um that does it is rapid i did like the bit where he smashes the box make mistakes towards the end mr van helsing when he opens the box and sees dracula in there and then immediately there's no like he just well i guess he knows but it's no way not informed that he's not going to wake up and he just starts yeah. smashing up <laughs> we need some stakes find me a stone to hammer in him and how long does he take does jonathan take to find a bit of stone or something to bang the stakes in he's kind of like Whoa. I mean, you're in an underground crypt. Where do you think you're meant he to does, find a stone? You know? I mean, he doesn't rush, does he, though? <laughs> There's no... he, he's a bit of a flusterer, old Jonathan. Yeah. He is a bit. Is. There's one, one thing I just want to quickly bring up. Um, when Dracula arrives in London, and he, he's he's got his whole plan in, in action, he goes to the theatre, which is where he, he 
plans to meet the uh, head of the sanitarium, uh, Seward. Seward, right? Yeah. Um, so two things at the theater. When he arrives at the theater, uh, the staff member at the theater has a torch to show him to his seat. I, I'm call me very ignorant here, but I didn't think torches like that existed in the 30s. Handheld torches. Man. Because this this is set in the 30s. It came out in the 30s. I believe it's set in the 30s after the war. Or sometime after the war, I believe. Oh, no. you know what? I didn't think about the setting. Yeah. It. It's not Victorian. I don't think it's... I mean, it should be if, it, if it's keeping its original setting. It oh, should dear. be Victorian. Oh dear, neither of us know when it's set. I, I assumed it was set at the same time as Stoker's novel, which is Let's have a look. Let's essentially have a look. when it came out, which was, what, 18-something? When is 1931 31 Dracula set? Here we go. Where does 1931 Dracula take place? Transylvania. Great. No, give me a year. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Uh yeah, so Dracula was eighteen ninety seven, the original novel. Okay, all right. Well, so I assumed it was set at the same time as the story. Uh, well, uh let's go. Yeah, well, even so, that kind of adds to my point. If it is set even further back, this lady had a handheld torch. Yeah. Um. I would have thought it'd be like a lantern, like a little candle. Uh, the other... I mean, I'm, I'm going to look when the handhelds... I mean, yeah. the, the 1890s was uh, when the first handheld flashlight was invented. Followed, following the... I suppose so, yeah. But, but yeah, but I mean, we're, are we are we getting ushers in the theatre having them at that Exactly, Probably yeah. Um, the other <laughs> point related to the cinema was... In fact, two more points. Um, I don't know. I just had the old-timey voice in my head is that when he arrives at the balcony, Mr. Stewart stands up and they're talking mm -hmm. and Jonathan and the two women are there and they're looking at each other and I was just expecting John... Oh, my. How Dracula. How marvellous. Oh, my. <laughs> I was expecting the really old-timey talk because the, their facial expressions are of... Oh my! Just a proper oh my! Just outstanding yeah. by him. Um, and then to follow the theatre, you've got—is it Lucy? The other girl, Mina, and mm -hmm. Lucy. Yeah. Mina says to Lucy, "He's so romantic, isn't he?" Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's this, putting this the bar really open. low. That's the really low bar right there. <laughs> yeah, they're simping over him. They like, really are. This, Distinguished foreign gentleman. I just, yeah, I don't know the, what the hell it Seward's line at that. Excuse me, I'm needed on the telephone. Yeah, <laughs> it just made me laugh. On the telephone. Um, I'm required to answer the telephone. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't think I really had too much left of the. I mean, I think the most, the biggest discussion of this film really is talking about Dracula himself. Just like I said, the yeah. plot is very straightforward. It's <laughs> talking about the characteristics of Dracula because. Thankfully, he is the main focus of the film, whereas yeah. nowadays, like I said, it'd be put on the back burner. He'd be a... Yeah, it probably wouldn't be. There'd be uh, we'd probably be looking more at 
Jonathan and Mina's impending nuptials. How they got together, how they had a bit of trouble, they got back together, and then Dracula comes in. That's exactly what it would be. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I'd... I mean... I loved that it was in black and white. A little thing like just a little thing like that. Mm-hmm. How, we, how we've talked about that before? How old timey films, their the quality of their their film isn't great, but it the way it holds up today still adds to its horror effect. Yeah, there, there's something about the gritty and graininess, and this being in black and white, just I mm. love it. I don't think it would be yeah. as scary or scary as impactful if it was in color. No, I don't think so either. Um, no, it 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 look yeah, it look out of place. It look strange. I mean, obviously, we're gonna get you know many, many, many coloured yeah, uh, yeah Dracula films or Dracula, Dracula films in colour rather um, later on. But yeah, it's uh, it just I think it just adds to that iconic look and tone. And that's, does. you know, that's, really what we, does. that's what we're going to see as we go through this series and we watch the other movies. We're going to get that sort of possibly, with, with a couple of exceptions, probably first mainstream version of each each creature, each monster. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see, as we've, we've sort of pointed out a few of them with, with Dracula, it'll be interesting to see if we can point out a few sort of early horror tropes Mm. Or early sort of horror uh, monster specific monster tropes yeah. that will get, um, you know, that will become, you know, lore and ubiquitous with the, um, with those characters as time goes on. Be interesting to see what comes up there. Oh, one one last thing, just on the film as a general, and I got a few little bits of um, production I want to talk about. Did you clock that the carriage driver? The second carriage driver leading from, shall we say, a crossroads leading to the castle mm-hmm. was Dracula himself. Was it? Yes. No, I didn't I didn't pick up on that because my first thought was it looked like Marty Feldman in uh, Young Frankenstein. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> my, my first. With the, like the as soon face. As, yeah. With the face, yeah, the sort of tight hood, and like, yeah. kind of bulging eyes. And I just, I instantly, for, for a split second, I was like, oh, well, this clearly where young frankenstein got its inspiration from that, that is dracula he he's apparently intentionally trying to be under in this disguise right because then when renfield looks out the window there's a bat that's mm-hmm. dracula and then when they arrive there's no driver oh because he's flown off. yeah yeah i didn't realize that. um but that that's is that i can't remember now though if that's the first uh, the uh, first look you get of Dracula. Does he awaken from the coffin first, and then we see him in the carriage? I think it's the um, coffin first. I feel like it no, 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 because the isn't the first coffin scene. The wives getting up. Oh, it could be. Oh no, all four of them. I think they all get up at the same. Time. Do we? Do we see all of them? Yeah. Because I thought, oh, yeah. I may only watched it this morning. Yeah. Before <laughs> recording this, I could have sworn that Dracula's appearance. But he appears on the stairs. Um, but I guess you're not supposed to know that it's him necessarily. That's no, a good spot, no. but yeah. it's probably a bit of a, you know, an Easter egg rather than main focus detail sort of thing. 
But yeah, no, I was too distracted by it reminding me of Young Frankenstein, unfortunately. Yeah, I, that's understandable. <laughs> that is very understandable. Um, yeah, I think that, I think that's pretty much the majority of what I've got regarding the film. Um, I think so. I think that pretty much covers mine. Yeah. I would highly recommend. I, I would highly recommend it if if you're if you're a horror fan, you don't have to be a horror absolutely massive nerd like ourselves. But if you enjoy mm -hmm. horror films, I would highly suggest checking it out because it is only an hour and ten, barring the old credits yeah. at the beginning back. It's a piece of movie history. It really is an yeah. important piece of movie history. And oh, I would sit down for an hour or so and check it out. I, I, you you won't be scared. We can tell you that no. now for a fact. But you can you need you can appreciate for what it is. You can appreciate. Sure. It's a good. It's an easy watch. Good fun watch. And like I say, it's given us. I think it gave us. It's given us a lot um, of what we know about vampires. You know, and what yeah. what we expect from vampires and, and things like that. So when you see these sort of more modern adaptations where it's promising a new twist on the vampire genre. Yeah. You know, this is what's being twisted. It's it's the OG. It's a, a decent retelling of the original vampire story. And I think we, we I mean, you look at the Wikipedia, we, we could go into the film and the production, everything about it. We'd be here for another two hours. Um, but we can sprinkle universal background and stuff over the series because this will be running. This is going to be a long running series now, so we've got a lot more time to discuss the you know the time period of Universal Studios at this time and their acquisitions yep. and whatnot. Um, last thing, actually, I do want to mention the posters are. I mean, all the posters for the old Universal horror films are just phenomenal. They all are. The, the they artwork are. is incredible. Great artwork. And if you do look, if you just, I mean, I'm I'm looking at a bunch of them on, on the Wikipedia page, but you can find these on Google Images. And they've got this one for, this is the key one. It's a blue background with Dracula's face and uh, big, bold yellow font saying Dracula. But there's plenty more, like, uh, why, some of these incredible um, theater reissue posters. I, don't, I actually don't know how to describe them. They're just so visually appealing. They're so bold and impactful. There are some great ones. I would like, I think, um, one of the creature from the Black Lagoon. I think I'd like one of those framed. Uh, have I got that? Oh, this one? It's not that one. There's one, well, I mean, I'd take any, to be quite honest, yeah. if I can get a decent decent sized print of it. But there is one that where it's just the creature. Okay, um, okay, okay. So yeah. front and center. I think the Frankenstein yeah. one is my favorite out of all of them. This one. With his big, the the his red, yeah, with the big head. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's one, and you'll, uh, well, you'll have it, the Wolfman. Um, the Wolfman. Just look at his face. It's ridiculous. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about the Wolfman effects uh, <laughs> when we get to that film. Yeah, this um, this boy. That, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> that is a special kind of special right there. Oh. Yeah, the, <laughs> that is one of the few effects out of, I believe, all the Universal Monsters that doesn't hold up too well. But no. we'll get to that. We'll get to that in the Wolfman episode down the line. 
Oh, we will, blurry. We will indeed. Very blurry here. Yeah, it's the end of the episode. It's all good. So, yeah, that's. I guess that's 1931 Todd Browning's Dracula. Um, in a nutshell, um, we could have gone another two hours because there's probably so much more information we could discuss about this. Well, I think that's that's pretty much the gist. And do go check it out. Do go check it out if you can find it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the first. Oh, go on, go on, go on. I was going to say, where can where can they find us, Tom? Where can they find this episode? And if uh, they can find me, not so blurry. Um, this is the yeah. So this is the first in our monsters of Universal. I'm really blurry now. It's like I put Vaseline on my camera. It does. It looks like one of those late night Channel Five movies. Emmanuel. Um, no, body no, chemistry. Body. Four. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first part of our Monsters of Universal uh, series. So, um, did we both pick Dracula, or did I? Did you? Did you say Tom pick one, and I said Dracula? That's how we did it. Yeah. Right. What are we doing next next uh, month? Because next Let's... month is basically your month anyway. Well. What do you want to do? The next, the next disc. I don't know what if the discs are in the same order in your box, but the next disc is Frankenstein in mine. So I, I had a feeling we're just going to go year by year, aren't we? Why not? Well, yeah, why not? I'll it's easier do, that way. <laughs> let's just do it that way. Cool. The order so, that they come out of the case is fine by me. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it like. Oh, actually, talking about my picks, um, I've we've got uh, so we're doing Frankenstein for yeah. our Universal. Toxic Avenger. Yep. And I don't know if you've seen or heard of this film, but it keep I keep spotting it and it sounds interesting. It might be a load of rubbish. It might be alright. 2018's Antrim, the deadliest film ever made. What the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, well. I keep it's it's been on my Amazon watch list for God knows how long. I keep seeing it. And it sounds interesting. Oh my word! It's it's sort of a it's got an interesting film within a film oh premise. God. This poster is you in a nutshell. This <laughs> <laughs> a young boy and a girl enter the forest to dig a hole to hell, as you do. Said you to do. be a cursed film from the late nineteen seventies, Antrim examines the horrifying power of storytelling. All right, cool, noted. That's what we'll be doing. Like I say, I've not seen it. I don't know what it'll be like. Perfect. It sounds interesting. It might be weird. Um, let's Perfect. give it a go. That is, that's going to be one. Next month is one hell of a month then because next week um, we'll be going back to the Gates of Hell trilogy and we'll be looking at part two of Lucio Fulci's Gates of Hell trilogy called The Beyond. Um, the film, not set, but that came after The City of the Living Dead. By the way, do go check out City of the Living Dead review. I'll put the card here. Need to start doing that on YouTube videos. Um, straight after that, Toxic Avenger. We're going to see the antics of Melvin. Love week that after, movie. Well, week, yes, that's going to be a fun one. Week after that, we'll be checking out this monstrosity called Andrew. <laughs> the de <laughs> it's actually subtitled The Deadliest Film Ever Made. This film Amazing. ever made. It's responsible for the death of at least 60 people, Tom. Oh, is it? I'm so sorry. Rest in peace, civil so we'll 60 people. It's it's cursed. That episode might be our last. You it might know. be. 
<laughs> well, at least, we're getting the, at least we're getting Toxic Avenger out of the way then first. And then we'll be capping off June with our part two of Monsters Universal in Frankenstein. So stay tuned for all that. You can check the schedule out on the Twitter and the Instagram at the underscore dreadcast, where I'll be posting all the updates. Check out this episode and more on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Podbean, and the YouTube, or by searching The Dreadcast. And all our personal goofy Twitter accounts below, where antics will be had. And there should hopefully be some footage of the technical test of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game coming to the YouTube channel soon. Yay. Um good stuff do you have anything else before i apparently vanish out of existence here I, before you fade away <laughs> i i think i think we're done i think the only thing left to say is stay spooky folks yeah i believe that's it stay spooky <laughs>